Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex Mukmiav. Dan, how are you, Dan? Um, yeah, look, I'm not too bad. Um, you know, the, the, we continued our unbeaten run through November and into December, and I think um, it's not too much to complain about, really. Yeah, five games unbeaten now. It's uh, un, uncharted territory, really, in the championship under McGann. It's... Um, Ticking along quite nicely. Yeah, that 1-1 draw with Reading on the weekend. Um, not without a little bit of controversy, which we'll, I'm sure, get to in due course. But um, I guess the, the the really cool good thing to see was no changes to the side, I don't believe, from the previous game, um, which is pretty rare or, or maybe sort of unheard of this season under McCann. Um, nice to sort of see a settled side go out for this one. We've sort of said over the season, I guess, that it's been sort of a bit of chopping chopping and changing either the formation or the personnel for injuries or suspensions or what have you. So, yeah, good good to see a settled side for this one. Yeah, I think, um, I guess it begs the question, is it the consistency that's de- de- uh, developing into results or is it the results are allowing us to have that semblance of consistency? So, um, I mean, either way, pretty happy, as I said. Like, I think we're just about the best record over the last five games that QPR is yeah. one, one point better than us or something, but um, remarkable considering where we were only a month ago, essentially. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think McCann and uh, Honeyman both nominated for the Player and Manager of the Month awards. Yeah, look, let's hope they don't win because I don't want to get struck <laughs> by that curse goes. again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, no, I think they both... They both deserve that. I think Honeyman's been sensational since he's come back in um, with what three goals, a couple of assists um, and just just busy as he always is um, and obviously for whatever reason we've finally been allowed to change away from the 4-3-3 um, and you know, it seems to be working so you know, all power to McCann at the moment He's he's got the boys ticking along nicely and we're getting some results Um if we can get a little bit more ruthless in front of goal, I think that's really the only thing that's that's missing at the moment. Yeah. It, it, it's also pretty remarkable thinking about it that we're not really starting with any recognised or natural fullbacks, even as at playing as mm. wingbacks. We're playing Longman and, and KLP in those positions. And, I mean, this this Reading game, um, just to t- touch on the game itself, I mean, from, from the start of the game, I just thought we were completely dominant. I thought we had the better chances throughout the first half, really. Um, and it was... One of the first games um, in this run, really, where I've just thought this is this is like you know if we can start to play at this level consistently, like we will have no issues staying in this division, and, and maybe famous last words saying that. But you know, you just look at the level of performance, and I'm like, we could have been watching us last season in League One, just dominating sides, p- passing the ball around for fun, getting up the pitch really aggressively, um, and creating quite a lot of chances. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we we really were dominant. Particularly the first half, I think the second half, Reading really came at us and they had us under a fair bit of pressure. It was a bit dicey there in a few moments, um, both, you know, on an individual level, and I'm sure we'll talk about those moments as well, um, and just in, in general. But I think it was sort of one of those games where if that early goal, uh, Wilkes's effort that was then ruled off yeah. out for offside, if that had gone in, I think it changes the complexion. And, you know, the way that Reading scored right on the stroke of half time is one of those, you know, the coach killer almost that you hate to concede those goals right then. They, you know, Reading went into half time, you know, 
uh, all revved up, you know, came out firing again in the second half and made it really difficult. But um, I think overall, I know they they had a lot of pressure, but I still think that we created more clear-cut options. Like, we put the ball in the back of the net three times, albeit twice ended up being ruled out for offside. But uh, apart from uh, that, there was one really good save... Um, yeah, I think the, to the one-on-one to stop Swift. I think to it was. Swift, yeah, it was Swift. Um, and then I think was it Carol had a shot, maybe a little bit after that was the other one. I can only yeah. was really the only other one I can think of. And that was, um, you know, you're expecting your keeper to save those. You, you would you would say? Yeah. So I don't like uh, they had us under a lot of pressure throughout the second half, but I don't. They didn't seem to create too many clear-cut opportunities. That very well could have been different. Um, yeah, with um, the way that Deshaun Bernard went about his game on the weekend, it's it's, it's it, yeah moments, um, debatable moments that could look. I I think it was one of those for me. They were, they were the sort of calls that if they'd gone the other way, it would have been hard to complain. Yeah, um, but I, I think have... I think especially the handball. I think that one was oh. was the most clear cut. Um, mm. I think the the tackle on Swift. I can sort of say. You know, it's a bit of a 50-50. You could, like you said, if it had gone the other way, you can't really complain about it. The handball, I think, was very much... I mean, it's funny. We were sort of sitting here the other week after the Birmingham game saying, oh, well, you know, we're due a slice of luck with the way the season's gone so far. And it's kind of funny. It's come around again in another game. I was listening to a podcast during the week that was sort of saying, you know, geez, you know, Hull, Hull's been pretty lucky this season with the calls they've got. And I thought, well maybe in recent weeks because it's sort of been highlighted mm. so much with the Longman goal against, well, it's assist against Birmingham and then these two. But there was a lot of penalty shouts early in the season, especially on Wilkes that I can think of that we just didn't get. So mm. um, we've certainly rode our luck in this game again. Um, a, a, you know, as you say, yeah. I mean, Dishon just sort of at the centre of both of them. Um, I enjoyed his response to the Reading uh, tweets after the game, asking if, if anyone wanted to see more angles. He said, no, I don't think anyone asked, <laughs> which is quite good, I thought. Uh, yeah. Nice response from him. And he's, he's sort of joining the banter club with Baxter as well. Yeah, it's good to see them um, have a bit of personality let loose occasionally yeah. on on Twitter or social media or you know even in the post-match interviews. A bit of character is always, always good to see. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, and look, we sort of touched on before, but I think another terrific game from Baxter, um, that save, especially on Swift. He, I think I saw some stat that he's saved something like 92 or 95% of the shots that he's faced or something ridiculous like that, which doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, he's led in what the goal against Millwall and the goal here, um, which was a pretty ridiculous finish. So you're not going to really fault him for that one. But, um, you know... Uh, I think we sort of, I sort of touched on last week with Logan, the comments from him about being open to a, a permanent move here in the future. And we'll probably talk a little bit later on about potential moves in the transfer market. But at the age of 23, he's got a lot of football ahead of him. And he's certainly one that if we could get on a permanent deal somehow, it'd be terrific. Yeah, I think um, his, his comment was something about like, if he couldn't, he still wants to try and crack it at Chelsea. But if he couldn't, he'd have no problems coming back to, to our club. Um Someone like, can we just get on to Chelsea management? Tell them that, yeah, to, to let him know they don't interest that that he well, can go, and we'll just, uh, like... you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate his ambition, but I think considering the age of Mendy at Chelsea, I think he's only twenty two or twenty three, and and Kepa's not too old either. I, um, you know, it's not as if they've got um, Czech or someone in goal who's nearing the end of his career. I think, I mean, look, you know, 
straight we we didn't think he was going to break in ahead of Ingram here and, and he did that so um he's he certainly not faulted for his ambition so I guess we'll see what happens but uh you know I'd hope that the door's always open for him to come back here uh for next season and beyond um okay well let's do our MVP votes for the match then. Oh, well, actually, no, before we do that, we should talk about the Wilkes goal as well. Obviously, <laughs> should probably talk about the goal itself as well. Um, we sort of touched on it before. I mean, Wilkes, Wilkes was a bit unlucky, as you said, with the uh, the offside goal in the first half off Magenis and then had a really decent chance at the end of the half as well. Um, bit of fortune in the goal that he did score, um, but, you know, you, you, you can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket. So he's, he's sort of taken that shot from pretty far out and, and it's managed to go in um, with a bit of mishandling from the keeper. Yeah, look, I am not going to lie. When he hit the ball and I was it was early Sunday morning and I watched it, I went, the hell is he doing? Why is he taking that shot? <laughs> I was like... And it came off his boot, so like it didn't look like it came off his boot that well. Like it was low, and it was sort of just skimming and scudding. And I was like, "Whatever, another like do- like dodgy, wasted half chance." And then I, I have no idea what um, the reading, what happened with the reading keeper. The he probably like, wasn't expecting it any more than you were. It, no, well, I think it, when I watched the replays, he was going to his left and then had to change yeah. to his right. So I think he's maybe wrong-footed a bit, and then he must have just fallen. I think, like, the, yeah, and thing, the bo- just a bit awkward, and it's there's been maybe a bit of a bobble and everything, bobble, and yeah. And then it's bounced off his arm and into the top of the net, and I just, I sort of laughed, had to laugh a little bit at how it happened, how it managed to go in. I think it's almost as good as um, what was it, Eve scoring with his backside? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was pretty, it was a comical sort of a goal, but um, look, as you said, goals a goal. You know, we'll um, we'll take it. And look, I thought, as much as we've been critical of Wilkes in recent weeks, it was a better showing. Still not yep. what uh, the level I would expect, but better. He was, you know, actually involved in a couple of decent chances, got a goal. Um, you know, was was involved a little bit more. So, you know, maybe he's on the on the improve. This will only help a bit of extra confidence. So. Um, yeah, and look, as I sort of started by saying, I mean, the comparison to our League One season, it, it felt it felt like that sort of result where, you know, you're kind of struggling through the match for most of it. And then Wilkes or sometimes it was KLP as well last season would just pop up and get a goal right at the end and either win it for us or, or get us a point. And and that's sort of the, the the confidence or the reassurance in our form lately is the fact that we can we, we can sort of keep fighting and manage to get a goal, get a point when earlier in the season you know, thinking games like the Derby game, for instance, where we just we could just play for 200 minutes and we weren't going to get a goal out of that game. Yeah, I think, um, I guess that's for whatever reason. Again, whether that's the consistency in personnel that's allowed us to get, yeah. you know, start developing the results or, or the other way around. But I think we're starting to, I think, really reap the rewards of the change in system and, the you know, those that starting 11 are really all staking apart from maybe Wilkes, but he's getting there, staking the, like, they've staked the claim. It's, it's their jersey to lose, essentially, at the moment. So um, it's been been really impressed with quite a few, especially I think Longman's been really good the last month or so after being a little bit dubious of his, when he first, his first first couple of appearances, I was sort of like, is this all he has to offer? But um, he's actually, he's really coming along nicely. You know, KLP 
again, or you know, is still in some in form, dangerous. Honeyman, I think, just he ha- has just been the missing link for us. He's what was yeah. missing at the beginning of the season, and it it's wild to me because you never really, you know, you don't never build a team around a player, like because you see what happens when they're missing. But and but how crucial he really is to our side. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the the players that we have to, to fill in that position when he's a, not available aren't up to scratch or that we can't still feel the strong side without him. Oh, but I mean, just... you, you, you think of like George Monker and Andy Cannon mm-hmm. who aren't even really getting a look in the side at the moment. Yeah, and but he seems to have this, this talismanic quality um, for us when he's playing and he's just... Just a different. I don't know. He just sees the game maybe a little bit differently to the to the others. He seems to be able to get in those pockets and he's making those little runs into the box and around that area. And just seems to be the the way he plays and sees the game just seems to really really suit McCann's the, the philosophy and the style that he wants to play. And and when he's in the team, we're markedly better. Um, Absolutely. For it, so. Okay. Well. We'll jump on now to the MVP votes for this game. I'll, I'll maybe get you to kick these ones off for us. Um, uh, yeah, so I went with... I gave three points to Baxter um, because I think another that's really good display, a couple of those saves that we mentioned earlier, the one-on-one with Swift, were you know, game changers. They, they kept us in the game. Um, they kept the game alive. Um, you know, it, admittedly, maybe for the uh, most part, didn't have too much to do, but when he had, was called upon, you know, did what he had to. And, and as we sort of touched on, there's not a lot he could, you can do about a bicycle kick on the six yard box. There's not a lot of reaction time in, yeah. in, in it, um, situation like that. And again, and I think even on top of that, that's a situation that should have been dealt with by the defense before it even got to that stage. So I don't really think there's any blame on, on him for that opening goal. I gave two points um, to George Honeyman for another really strong display in that, in that midfield, in the, in the the top of the top of the midfield, Um, you know, the involved in the, the one that, Tyler Smith's offside, a not a beautiful little run through the defensive line to get him behind, but just um, you know whether the run was mistimed or the ball was mistimed, but um, that was really nice. And his general play again, although it was was outstanding. My one point, um, I when I when I watched the game, I went, wow, you know, Greaves, great again, Bernard. Great again, but then you know Greaves gives away that sil- the free kick and the yellow at the end of the game. <sighs> Bernard with those two lucky calls, and I was like, I think he's been lucky enough. I'm actually going to give my one point to our other forgotten man who has been actually superbly consistent over the last month or so. While Greaves and ba- and Bernard have been getting the plaudits, I think Sean McLaughlin has just gone about his business. He's been really tidy and really consistent, and I'm, I'm going to give him the point. Maybe not so much, especially for this game, but I think just as a as a reward for the last for you know he's essentially for seizing his chance. Yeah, no, I think that's a great shout, and he's definitely the forgotten man in the side. I'm I'm sort of sitting there saying, 
who was our third centre back again? It's McLaughlin, of course it is. And because, as you say, he just sort of goes about his business. He doesn't sort of grab the headlines like Bernard does sometimes or Greaves because he's the homegrown product. But McLaughlin's really sort of taking this opportunity with both hands. And it's going to be an interesting um, dilemma when Jones is back fit because Jones was sort of seen as one of our best products coming out of League One. Um, and he's going to presumably struggle to get back into this side with the form that they're showing. Um, yeah, no, I think McLaughlin had another fantastic game. And I can't argue with you either for your your three or your two. I think, as, as we've sort of said, it just feels like every time we're going forward, Honeyman's just kind of screaming for the ball because he wants the ball because he's going to just make those moves. He's going to get the ball into the box either with a cross, which I think for that Wilkes chance near the end of the half, he he got he kind of threw the ball into the box for, um, for Wilkes to get a chance at it. Um, and, and as you say, like, that, you know, just a slightly mistimed run for that potential chance for Tyler Smith near the end as well. But... He's just sort of at the heart of everything that we do and, and sort of makes us tick. So, you know, as you say, you don't want to build your side around a, a side around a particular player in case they're missing or, or leave the club. But as it stands, I think he's definitely our most valuable player in that sense. Um, I gave the one vote to Wilkes. I mean, I think with the amount of criticism that he's sort of copped in recent weeks about his work rate and his, um, I guess, maybe his general interest in games, he sort of kind of drifts in and out of them at times. I thought he put in a really good shift in this game. I think that first chance that was slightly offside and then the chance near the end of the half and then the goal he scored showed that he was really trying to to get into the game, to make an effort, make an impact and um, thought it was definitely one of his better games for the season. So he got the one point from me. Um, okay, well, th- there's not a whole lot of off-field discussion to be had this week. We sort of talked about McCann's sort of status at the club um, last week or the week before. Um we are sort of, now that we're kind of entering December, we're kind of looking at January being on the horizon. I thought it was an interesting time to sort of reassess and take stock of where, we are, where we're at as a squad and, and whether you think or what you think you see as a need for us to stock up on in January for the squad. I think, you know, a couple of months ago, it might have been a relatively different discussion considering our position in the league and, and what we might have been struggling with. But I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts that might have changed since then. Um, look, I think the priority anyway, leading into January and throughout January should actually be to sort out the contract situation where we have, I think, nine maybe players or something that are coming out of some ridiculous number. It might be nine, including our loan players or something, but is is this, is this just a clip that you're playing from a podcast that we might've done a year ago or two years ago (laughs) or three years ago? This does feel like it's just a constant. constant Groundhog day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, we have a significant number of players Mm. that are coming off contract that, you know, if they're approached in January, can sign their, those pre-contract agreements and, and be gone essentially. Um, you know, elders, elders one, I think uh, Magenis is in his option year. Um, that, you know, yeah, some of these players, it, gets, it gets so tricky. It's all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. but we do, like, there are still, like, one year off. Like, we've got, I think, options to, to that we could take on some of these players. But um, I, I honestly think that for quite a few of them, it's sit down, have the discussion, re-sign them on, a, on a two, another two or three year deal um, would, would be the best thing. I honestly think in terms of actually signing anyone, I'd probably be um, maybe looking at seeing if we could maybe loan out um, a couple, you know, maybe Eves for six months if anyone, you know, wants him. I don't, 
he's sort of there or thereabouts, but I think particularly if new owners came in, I'd be say, ship him out for six months, let's bring someone else in on loan um, who has a little bit better pedigree, uh, better goal-scoring record in this division, um, someone to really, I guess, challenge Magenison, whether it's Wilkes or whatever, for in those top, those front two positions. Um, that's, I mean, apart from that, maybe for me, maybe an experienced centre back just as backup. Um, yeah. You sort of think about it at the moment, we've got all three of our fit centre backs mm. playing. If there was another injury or a suspension, like we saw with Bernard against Cardiff. Um, it leaves us a bit short at centre back. So for me, maybe it's a centre back. But I think, I think broadly, I mean, you're right. I think it's more about re-signing players. And I'm sort of hoping that once the new owners are in the doors, they can run their rule over the squad. What you know, the players that they value, the players that they see having a long-term future at the club. You know, your your KLP, your Greaves, your um, um, who else really? I mean, I guess um elder as you said honeyman as well absolutely doherty um players like that i'd be giving extended deals to just to tie them down for another three four years yeah um, if if for nothing else it gives you a bit of security in the next year or two as you say if a premier league club or someone as we've already started to see rumors about graves being linked to norwich and other clubs in the premier league you want that security that if they were to go it would take a pretty hefty offer to, to make it happen yeah, I think that's the other thing is making sure that we keep those players because yeah. you, you know that you know the, the rumors are there. There's already been offers before that there'll be something, some 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 offer will appear for KLP or for Greaves. I I dare say throughout January, and we need to make sure that um, that our heads aren't turned, whether that's new owners or our current owners who you know potentially see the possibility of, you know, recouping a little bit more or something dumb. I'm sure there's, you know, some stipulations in there, um, you know, these sale contracts and the agreements that are going through, they can't, you know, may, they probably need to ratify any deals with the with the new owners or something potentially before. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows what what happens with the when, with, with these sorts of deals and this amount of money? But, you know, you would, that, that would be the... I think the the priorities is just to lock up what we what we already have. Um, I guess you know you look at the form over the last month or so, and you say like if this if we can maintain this for the rest of the season, I've no doubt we'll be safe. Um, and if you can lock those guys up, then next season we're very you know if we can start off from the beginning and not be essentially fourteen games behind everyone else, like then. You put yourself yeah. in a very good position to actually be pushing, um, you know, for those playoff places. I mean, at, even mathematically, they're still not unattainable at the moment um, if we were to continue this this run. But um, uh, for me, it's still a little bit of a that's a bit of a bit far away, a little bit far fetched still at the moment. I saw. I think it was Phil Brown came out in the media last week and said this was very similar to to their season in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, where um, they they ended up scraping into the playoffs and um, sort of giving away an answer there for the next next part of the show. But um, I think he even acknowledged that they weren't quite so far adrift as um, mm. as we are at this stage. But as you say, I mean, it, before the weekend, we had Reading saying to us that all saying to the media that that they were still aiming for the playoffs, and you think, well, they're 
behind us on points. So if they're aiming for the playoffs, then why can't we? Um, I, I really like your shout as well, actually, if, if we loaned out someone like Tom Eves and got someone in on loan rather than splashing out on a permanent signing. Um, and I saw, I think it was Dwight Gale being linked to West Brom and a few other clubs as a striker. And, you know, who knows, with a bit of money behind us, maybe we'd sort of try and turn a few heads and, and get him in on loan for six months. And as a proven championship goal scorer, that, that suddenly transforms your mm. prospects quite significantly. Yeah, I think um, that's probably, as I think I mentioned earlier, that's the only thing I think that's really missing from our from the games and our form at the moment is um, the ability to really just put, you know, bang a few goals away and put teams to the sword where we, we might be winning and it, the performance makes it comfortable, but the scoreline has never felt comfortable. And then even over the last month or so, the scoreline's never felt comfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on then for our triple flashback feature of the week. And um, I, I've sort of this is a this is a reasonably easy one as far as these go, but I've, I've sort of picked it based on the um, opponent that we have coming up this weekend. Um, so I want you to name for me our last three managers to have gotten us promotion. Um, Grant McCann, because obviously we got promoted last year or last season. This. Um... Can I go Steve Bruce and Steve Bruce? Does that count? <laughs> uh, sure. We'll go, we'll go three different three different people, yeah. Oh, um, look, I'm not sh- – you, you have given away the answer and only because I know I looked it up after I'd made my guess. And I made my guess without even then looking further down the sheet. But my guess was actually Pearson, um, my third guess. Um, but I then was like, because pretty much, uh, as you know, the Bruce era is a pretty much is is when I came into the fold and started following. So as soon as it was before Bruce, I was like, I actually have no idea. And then I just like picked it. Could was trying to think of which managers I can remember from around those uh, promote the previous promotion times. So um, that- I took a random stab of the dark in with Pearson. So, so Pearson, Pearson's a good guess. I mean, Pearson was just after that Premier League relegation, but it was actually just before that with uh, Phil Brown hmm. um, getting us up the first time uh, with that playoff final against Bristol City. So, um, uh, yeah. So I, I, I thought I was sort of giving that away when I was talking about you, Brown. Well, you, the... you did. I could, I could have very well have just claimed it and <laughs> taken the three from three and gone, yeah. oh look how good I am. But I thought I, I play, I play fair. These were the guesses no, that fair. I'd already made. Fair shout. No, no, that's uh, that's good Good integrity. Good integrity. We're, we're showing good integrity ahead of that uh, Christmas quiz that we're going to do with um, to Harlem back. It's, um, we're showing that we're going to fight fair, which is good to see. Uh, yeah, no, so it was Phil Brown with the uh, promotion final in 2008 um, against Bristol City, who are our next opponents this week. So um, we do have that. We do have that other connection with Bristol City, of course, being Nigel Pearson in charge at Bristol City. Um, former Hull City manager. Um, he was appointed February of last year, and he's, um, I suppose, doing an okay job there. I, I'm not quite sure on what their ambitions are. They sort of kind of go through waves of sort of pushing up and challenging for the playoffs and then at other times just sort of staying in the division. I guess they're, you know, with Derby's imminent departure from the league, they're sort of becoming the new long-term championship club who just are there. They don't, they're just sort of present in the league. Um, not not one of the big dogs, not one of the the struggling minnows as well. But they have had a bit of a tougher time of it this season. I think they got the win against Peterborough or someone who was their first home win in something like twelve months, which was pretty wild. Um, 
so sort of struggling along um, just below us in the table, I believe. Um, they've won two of their last five games, most recently against Derby, um, and we haven't beaten them since April of 2016, all, all the way back when we had Curtis Davies, Rob Snodgrass, Mo Diami, and Shani Aluko on the score sheet. So a bit of a blast from the past with those names. Um, Bit of a bit of a tricky fixture, I suppose, against Pearson. Um, they're sort of showing a little bit of form recently, but uh, you'd like to think it's a good opportunity for us to get another win and and really sort of jump up into that mid mid table sort of group of clubs. Yeah, look, I think um, even though we, you know, say settled for a draw against Reading, I think it was one of those games where even still managing to to scrape a point, um, you know, and we had our chances to win it. So today, but I think that's still a game that is going to breed a lot of confidence within us, you know, and, and, you know, maintaining that um, unbeaten record is always nice. So five games unbeaten, I, I sort of am with you. I expect to make it six. Um, I see no reason why we shouldn't win. I think um, we've all, I think they've all been, the players have been performing well um, and I'm, just looking forward to, to picking up another three points and climbing a little bit uh, further away from relegation, a little bit closer to safety. For some reason, I had it in my head that they're below us. I've just had a look. They're actually four points ahead of us. So they, I think their recent wins have probably helped to keep them um, a little bit ahead of us. But yeah, if, if we can get the win here, it brings us to within a point of them. And, um, and then we're sort of back in that pack of, you know, Preston, Birmingham, Blackpool, Swansea, Forest, all those sorts of clubs. And yeah, um, yeah, climbing away from that relegation zone is the main thing. I think there's a few clubs that are starting to get a bit bogged down um, in, in those bottom few places, so it's a good good opportunity for that. Um, uh, I mean, they, they've got a few former Premier League players that Pearson will be used to. I think Vyman's there, who was um, with Leicester back in, the, in, in their Premier League days. Um, the one I sort of called out was they've got um, a young winger, I believe he is, Alex Scott, playing... His first season for Bristol City, he scored against Derby. He's only 18 years old. I think that's his second goal. I think he scored against Forest as well, where they sort of went on to lose with two goals in the 91st and 93rd minutes or something like that. But, um, well, you know, always good to see those sorts of young, exciting players starting to come through. So we'll keep an eye out to see how he does in the game. But um, I guess the other question is just any changes to the lineup? We sort of talked about the the enjoyment out of getting a pretty settled lineup now I, I i can't really think of a, a weakness or a, i mean maybe elder back in on, on at the left wing back for for longman um but i don't really think longman deserves to lose his place so probably unchanged yeah look i can't see any reason to change my actually only thought for a change might be to to bring tyler smith in for a, a start yeah. for for one of the two which would probably end up magenis um yeah. you know with McCann's penchant to, for Wilkes, how much he seems to love him. But yeah, and, and I guess if you if you scored the goal last week, it's pretty hard it to drop you. But... It would be, but um, that I, I don't actually think it'll happen. I think Smith will, if he's, you know, he'll come off the bench again late on because um, he's just returning from another, from his minor injury, whatever that was, I forget. Um, so I, I reckon a few games off the, off the bench again, and then, you know, then maybe if, if Magennis hasn't scored in another few games and throw Tyler Smith in to start. But um, I, yeah, I think it, it, the system's kind of working at the moment with, with KLP and Longman both starting as wingbacks, you know, playing for 60 minutes and then 
going, okay, let's try and consolidate a little bit and bringing Elder on into that left side um, seem, seems to be working um, pretty well over the last few games. So, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, score prediction for this one or how, how you think this one will go? I'm, I'm probably leaning maybe to a 2-1 win. I think we'll probably edge this one. I can't see it being a, a belting, but um, I'm pretty reasonably confident of a victory. Yeah, look, I sort of just I'm thinking maybe like a, just a one nil or something. I'm sort of the same. I think we I think we'll win, um, but again, it's going to be one of those where I'm I'm not going to feel comfortable with the scoreline. You know, yeah. I'm sure I think the again I think the performance will be really strong, and the performance will warrant probably a three or four nil sort of game like result. But I think um, I think we're in despite all of the attacking endeavor we're showing, we're still lacking a little bit on that. The, the the final touch the final polish but i think um it, it should it'll come over time hopefully and if not we'll just keep winning one nil <laughs> absolutely um and then just quickly before we go I, I did just realize we have also had the um fa cup third round draw we've been drawn against everton so premier league opposition um i'm i'm, I'm pretty happy with that they're not a, an unbeatable premier league club it's nice to be playing one of the big boys again um hopefully we'll get a good crowd at the mkm um as a result of that draw and um, pretty exciting tie to look forward to. Yeah, look, I think that's that's absolutely right. Good to um, be playing against without having to struggle through all the opening rounds of qualifying and everything just to come in and, you know, sure. I mean, I think you're right. It'll be a, it'll be a good game. It'll be a good spectacle, um, you know, reminiscent of uh, what was last season, Chelsea in the quarterfinals of uh, or whatever Chelsea, it was. That was the season a, before, I think. The yeah, when we got the uh, pretty much the sold out MKM. It was Bowen yeah, and Brzezicki's last game. That's that, right. That's right. Yeah. So, re- reminiscent sort of. Hopefully, you know, that's the sort of thing we can we can achieve. A packed packed house, big game. You know, again, I mean, obviously the result would be preferable if it was different. But um, no, I think uh, it it's good. It's I think it's a. It's, I mean, playing the way we are, it's probably even touching on achievable. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Everton, I mean, they, they got the win against Arsenal during the week, but other than that, they've been struggling along for a bit of form at the moment. So um, certainly a uh, an achievable game there. Well, um, thanks for joining me for this episode, Dan. Not a problem. It's um, it's a bit of a, a light run at the moment. We've only got one game a week up until uh, just after Christmas, I think, or just before New Year's Eve. So um, it's only the one game each week at the moment for City, but We'll be back next week to discuss that Bristol City result and look ahead to the following games. But until then, come. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber Black. Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're